Hello. How's Fiora? Hello, Tim. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. How are you? Uh, I wasn't feeling well earlier, but yeah, I think I was just too hot when I was cooking. The kitchen <laughs> got really, really hot. And then it was a sunny day today as well, so it's just not been a good front on the on the old heat and temperature. You do not cope well. No, I, I wouldn't be able to cope well in a in a hot environment and that's weird because I'm a black man and naturally Well no, like, it's not natural, but No, I'm just saying like my life could have been very, very different if my parents chose to stay in Uganda. Yeah. But then you, the, you would have acclimatized. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Fair enough. I forgot about that. Wow, internalized. Huh? That was internalized something or other. No, I just, just biology. If me forgetting about people acclimatizing to different, like, uh, if anything, I was underrating the human body and its capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, so today. This is your topic that you initiated, so I feel like you should. I initiated it, but uh, yeah. Um, as you can see from the title, allyship in the workplace. Um, I we want to ask were... you a few things about this, but well, yeah, go on, say it out first, and then I'm. Uh, we're I'll... just thinking about okay, what is that? What does that actually mean? So I think everything with everything going on, well, with every. With all the conversations that are being had, more so now than ever, and there's a lot of, I guess, theories or, or reasons why why now, right? Because it's not like this struggle is new. It's not like it's particularly bad now. It's just always been bad. But I think for for whatever reason or many reasons, white people are paying attention. Um, and a big kind of question is, okay, moving beyond just sharing social media posts because someone told you to or because you feel like you're racist if you don't there's the question about being active in your anti-racism and a big part of that is thinking about the workplace as a space that you spend majority of your time if you're a full-time you know uh, employee or you know you you run a business like that's a huge part of your life and in the same way that we're sort of looking at our inward circles and our friendship groups and our families and how how diverse or how inclusive are we as people, a huge question is how diverse or inclusive is, is your workplace and why would it be important to have that and what could you do about it if it's not? Um, and I think the premise for this was, was kind of unpacking that in the sense of if you're not we can kind of we talked about this in cancel culture episode a few weeks back the idea that you know we should be holding our the the brands and the companies we support we should be holding them to account right so we should be thinking about that but how do we hold the the company that pays our bills to account and why would we want to do that what's the merit in doing that and what what risks can we take or or can't we take Right. What's the price we're willing to pay? Um. Well, before. So that was the premise, and yeah, over to you, Tom. No, I get. Well, <laughs> I, I'm. This might be a bit of a curveball, because I understand what you're saying, and and yes, we will get into it. 
But this thought has just popped into my head and oh, I want to know oh, no. what your thoughts are. Go on. Um, so obviously you're talking about, well, the discussion today is around allyship in the workplace and obviously against the backdrop of um, Black Lives Matter movement and this mm-hmm. could potentially be seen as a discussion to help inform the next steps. Um, but then something just popped into my head and it was just like... Um, this is probably like geared mostly towards people working within office environments. And then I'm thinking to myself, um, like in what ways can, like can change happen in like, say, um, working environments that aren't like office based. So I'm thinking of like your average, like people that work in a shop or somebody that works in a train station or somebody, do you get what I'm, do you, get what i'm saying like yeah is, I'm i thinking... wasn't approaching it from if you work in an office I, yeah. I wasn't thinking of it in those terms but explain like what you the mean. cleaners or like because I, I i get like don't get me wrong i feel like i can see the solution in terms of like how like office-based work environments can be changed and adapt and i feel like there is scope and there is room um to enact what we will probably be talking through and like suggesting and stuff but then i'm thinking you know like a shift worker somebody that's like not necessarily on a zero hours contract but someone that's maybe working part-time somewhere let's say if it's like a supermarket or if they're doing like stewarding uh, uh, there's no sports events at the moment but do you get what i mean like the like the blue collar type worker um like is there i guess my question is and i'm sorry this again this feels like i'm throwing you a curveball like can a conversation about allyship and the grand ideas and everything that comes out of it do you think it's applicable to people in those work environments what do you think the sad thing is because of how prevalent um micromanagement is in those environments and like i don't feel like i feel like it's a very top-down type environment so i don't think there's much room and there's much scope um for like um people of color or black people to like have more of an equitable stake in their working environment or to be um taken like see and this is really sad but i i just feel like um yeah i just don't know how that can be like how they can be addressed like i don't know maybe i'm um stereotyping like um management in those type of environments and stuff but i just don't like or maybe the the staff the companies do go out of their ways in those environments to make sure their staff feel comfortable and stuff but i just like i don't know maybe i maybe i don't have the luxury of having too big of a window to that world but i do worry and i do hope that um something can be done this is just my feelings i really hope it's not just exclusive to as i said like office space environment like these people like yeah um they might not be in these environments but these are like aunties uncles um brothers and sisters and stuff like yeah from from my perspective and it's like i just feel like the the solutions that are floating around aren't geared towards those people and but I do you think like- they need to because because my, my feeling is that what you're explaining what you're describing is a very different kettle of fish of problems yeah. which is that I mean, diversity is not the issue in those roles. Yeah. Right? Because it's disproportionately (laughs) black, Asian, ethnic minorities. So, and then with that comes, so like examples being frontline work. So during the COVID uh, pandemic, the people that are serving us at 
all kinds of levels are ethnically in in those categories correct? yeah like your porters or your nurses like it's just your shopkeepers yeah, so just, so thinking cleaners, about care workers allyship in the workplace what are we trying to achieve in saying that and if what you're trying to achieve is getting more black and brown people into your workplace that's not what that i mean that's all tick that box right the issue is not diversity in those in those lower income or i guess working class environments right the the issue is concern for their empowerment their welfare yeah their, the ability to move up a pay grade the ability to get promotions or or move out the of the industry altogether or get education or whatever it is wait um, can i just i feel like just to summarize how i'm feeling i don't want it to be a thing of like um like as a black person i like and i've expressed this on on i think the very first race-based topic that we ever discussed um like i feel like we're obviously we're not as it's, it's better now but we're not a big proportion of the workforce when it comes to like the corporate office style yeah. environments and stuff and then obviously moves are being made and hopefully action will be taken to like make it easier and facilitate and accommodate um like peeps like me or other people of color and stuff but then i don't want it to be a thing of like i guess this is the key phrase i'm trying to express um what's the point of being at the top if your people aren't there with you like i don't want it just to stop at people that have made it to those corporate environments or an office basic so i want yeah. it to filter all the way down so that no matter what walk of life you're in like you feel valued you feel like you're empowered like that's why i basically i don't want it to feel like it's um we're just taking care of one small like subsection yeah. of of the black and ethnic minority um black asian ethnic minority um group and then i'm trying to avoid saying fame all yeah, the time I, I, yeah yeah <laughs> that's a different conversation yeah, yeah for real because who am i to speak on i don't know anywho um yeah no, just, it's more so that when people talk about black issues they they lump it in with bame issues yeah. even though asian people do not experience what the same yeah. i'm saying in in that specific in a specific example that people give when they're actually referring to black people they say bame yeah. so when um, when when different communities face different kinds of yeah issues. and that's not to say that asian people no no, no there's still shared and, no like there's sorts, like, shared criminalization yeah. for example but anyway but yeah no i guess look i guess from the jump that i'm just i just wanted to I don't know why this just came to me now. I wasn't thinking about this when I was prepping for this episode, but I don't want so, this okay. just to be a thing of like we're taking care of the people that work in the offices. We've now done our but, job. But what you're saying, so but okay, let's let's figure that out because you're saying that we are now going to try and take care of of people in the in the office. Firstly, you're what what that means then is that there are people in the office that need to be taken care of yeah so but in so many different offices that's not even that or so many different workplaces that's not even a factor there mm. aren't there are zero non-white people in in some works yeah. some workplaces and just industries in general you've said before you're the only black guy well, normally, yeah, in my end. Well, it's changing, but yeah. You're the only, yeah. like, black guy in creative. Am I? I think I yes. am. Yes. Yeah. We talked, that's the yeah. last episode. Yes. 
Um, like one of the f- like the best jobs or the most fun jobs I've ever had in my life was being a steward. Um, and obviously, it's not the the world's greatest money and stuff, but I had a lot of fun working at Wembley and Twickenham and got to see tons of sporting events and festivals because it was a regulated um, role. So obviously, it falls under the umbrella of security. So you needed to be licensed. Yeah. Um. So by default, they had to train up their staff um to a certain standard. So I, I've got like a um I think level. Are you sure it's still valid? Is it not expired by now? No, no, no. There's um. So I've got two quali- two qualifications. So there was that SIA SIA badge, the security um badge that you might see like different security people wearing when you go out to the club or in shopping centers and whatnot. They've got on their arm. Um, and then there was the spectator safety one and that was like a level three course and all sorts so like i learned about like crowd surges and like all the nuances that go on with like spectator safety and stuff um and because it was like a regulated like industry like you wouldn't you wasn't allowed to work unless you had like certain level of training and accreditations and stuff i felt like it fostered a um like the empowerment and the um like the value of the valuing the staff was built in from the beginning um because people did then go on to be become like team leaders or like to be growing to become managers and stuff but i I don't know how much that was just down to the fact that um you had to have like those accreditations and stuff um but i i'm basically i'm i'm saying all this to say i really do feel like um in those working environments if we could create like a culture of like training and like helping people to like move on and like um you know like for example in in the corporate world like promotions is like a really really big thing like if we could create that same sort of like sense of like development for other peeps then i feel like that can go some way towards like you know allowing people to feel like they're valued and stuff and especially if the employers could take it upon themselves to invest in their people like that's one way i feel like it can happen yeah um yeah but anywho okay let's talk about <laughs> area that we're a bit well, more comfortable it's with. it's not even comfortable oh. it's just so it, it it's a good question it's thinking about well, when we say we want to be an ally or whatever what does that actually look like um and it, i think the the question you have to ask yourself is well what what spaces are you in firstly yeah and what level of influence do you have um and I think the perception, you know, because you have to factor in the, I guess, your your job security, um, your level of influence, what kind of, what, if there's a hierarchy, where do you sit within that? And then, you know, question yourself, are, you know, do you, do you have privilege? Are you a person of colour? Um, have you experienced discrimination in the workplace, in this particular workplace thus far? Um, based on your race can you speak to it could you leverage it could you if you have it if you have privilege could you leverage it to what extent do you have a good relationship with your manager do you have a good relationship with the exec team you know like all of these questions need to be asked but I think that it, it kind of goes roots back into well what where are you um and trying to recognize where how it got here so um you know I would really love to know if in your in your case if the people that you're working with and it's not to blow their spot or to you know but just thinking about 
if I was working somewhere and there was only one black guy and I'd only ever worked with white people and now there's this one black guy that I work with, you know, what does, how does that, how does it make me feel? Like, what is, what does that look like? Um, and am I, am I really thinking, am I thinking critically about why that is, that Tom is the only guy that I've worked with that's black? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, think from, from someone with privilege, mm. from their, from their perspective, I'd be interested to hear what your colleagues think almost of what that, what that looks like or, um, how they feel, how about, they feel about that. Because, I think the main, you know, there's there's all these companies and brands reaching out performatively and then sincerely, and you can't. Sometimes you can tell a difference. Sometimes it's it's cloaked in you know all kinds of uh, strategy and what whatever. Um, and we know we know a fair few people that have had you know company calls where companies have done you know big Zoom calls with the entire team saying, oh, you know, we're we're going to care about black people now, guys, and let's let's start to care about black people. And then, you know, black people are on these calls saying what, saying how they feel and getting quite emotive at times. And the question I have is like, okay, well, what, so you're doing all of that. Um, but this will die down. And what, it, what can white people do to keep up, to keep applying pressure? Um, because what I, what I do know is that not from not from personal experience, but from from my personal relationships with with black people, is that there are there are many times where there have been racist incidents or occasions where opportunities were stifled or or were you know taken away or were it didn't serve that person to flag it to raise the alarm or to or to blow the whistle because it would only hurt them. It wouldn't help. It wouldn't help them, and I think that's like a kind of, from my understanding and my education, that is a common feeling of I don't want to rock. I don't want to rock this boat. It doesn't serve me to do that. It's almost like a a trap that I can fall into. Yeah. I mean, we just read Think Like a. Well, we didn't just read it, but Think Like a White Man by Nels Abbey talks about this in great detail about you know um, whether you decide to call it out or not and what that can do to you. Um, yeah, and if you do call it out in some circumstances, then you have to cut your losses and just leave that company because you've done too much damage that can't be repaired in terms of like the relationship and stuff. Right. So the question then my I have is, well, white people don't have that problem. So what can white people do? Well, because what what I'm seeing is that we just stand to lose less overall, just overall. In, in, in terms of putting ourselves forward in that way or um, or blowing the whistle even if it's not it's it's not I'm standing up for my black friend or my black colleague you know it's not it's not getting on a high horse um, and I, maybe we can talk about like how to do this effectively or, or whatever but what I'm just saying is that the the premise is that you stand to lose less because you are raising an issue that you're not personally affected by. So the chances of you being reprimanded for raising an issue that doesn't personally affect you is, is much less. Would, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, there's so many, there's two things I want to... Go on. 
I guess what well, to answer your question more directly about um, what can you do because you feel like you stand to lose less if I understood that right yeah people with privilege if you're raising like you said if you raise an issue not you personally but if black yeah. people raise you an issue you have to calculate before you have you to calculate it, it. Yeah. and then you'll think and then you basically like you've already you've already detonated the you've like the dynamite's already blown yeah. so you need to you need, you need to bounce now damage is done you need to bounce and what i'm saying is white people don't have that that conundrum well i guess the the question that i feel like then sh- you should be asking in that scenario is that that's like a more of a can i put it a symptom possibly of like the working culture that's been cultivated in 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 said environment yeah um because if somebody is in that position it means that they're going against the grain and that grain is going in a certain direction so that means that just points to like there's a a problem with the culture if people are in a position where they feel like they need to stand up but when you say that that's the norm though that the culture the cult generally the fact that we're even having this discussion means that there's a problem with the culture well well, yes but then i also if you feel there needs to be an ally you're it's obviously yeah no what i'm not saying like there is yeah there clearly is a problem in a lot of places but then I feel like we're we're in a position where like there's a shift happening. So there are now examples of companies that have like taken rights um correct or there's there's examples of 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 um company cultures that are more geared towards um like being more conducive and more successful in terms of like taking on staff feedback. Um I'm thinking of like the principles behind this isn't like on a on a uh this isn't anything specifically to do with diversity, but it's symptomatic of like a good company culture that listens to their employees. Yeah. Um, I think it's Honda. They've got this um, philosophy called the five whys. So if there's a problem, um, say for example, in one of their factories, they, they want to ask the question why five times. So, okay, why was this late? Oh, because, um, because the machines are too slow why are the machines too slow because yeah. the worker has to basically we have to get in the habit of like like don't just look for the easy answers or the quick fixes like really try and get to the deep root and just build that culture of like being open to like criticism and being open to um adapting things and being and and not thinking that you've got it all worked out like being more humble in your approach and stuff and being more receptive if somebody does come up with something because you'd rather that person does say something than not say anything at all like and then 10 20 years or five years down the line you're not moving forward as a company because you don't have it in your dna to listen to people and also as well as that you run the risk of losing really good quality people that if you were to listen to them and like take them on board at, like then you'd like yeah and and specifically on the um on the race issue like okay like we hear it all the time diversity is strength but if you're not really embracing that diversity and embracing those like different opinions or perspectives and stuff you're not going to be able to exhibit that strength that you can potentially have within your company and you're yeah it's just it's like a muscle like you have to work at it constantly it's Mm -hmm. not like a quick fix whereby you just hire a bunch of black peeps and then you think it's job done like we've got a great working environment like no how can we like well you have to hire uh, you have 
I think that the, the trap you fall into is the quotas, right? Yeah, like, I'm all about not equality of outcome, equality of opportunity. Yeah, get and the right yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. In. And, yeah. like, I'm, you're not going to hear me say I want to see, like... Like, you're in your role, not because you're black, but yeah. because you're, you're very good at your job. And you pr- you've, yeah. pr- you've got a proven track record and... Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely. Have how do you feel about somebody that says that you're where you are because because you were given and because a lot lot of people love to do that as well, S- sort of turn it on its head and say, well you're where you are because you're black. They gave you a leg up because they want more diverse people. So not taking into account because. Well, you... I've never been confronted with that. But no, if somebody did say that to me that I am where I am because I'm black and I'm now like the flavor of the month and stuff. <laughs> it's been said it's, it's like yeah. two things will happen like roll through my mind then number one like whoa what's going on with you and how you how you're feeling to be even saying that to me like that that's pointing towards something that you need to clearly address if mm-hmm. if that's your first thought um and also is what it just like says to me like well you need to step your game up so that you can become yeah like, prove me wrong uh, yeah like no you need to like you need to look, go back to the drawing board and work out what you're offering that you feel like you're being slighted because somebody yeah. has a different skin colour to you. Like, uh, anywho. But then, um, <laughs> there's a there's a dark part of me as well that's also like, well, um, <laughs> we have to endure, like, so much. So, like, screw it if once in a while that it, yeah. this is eventually, like, our time and whatnot. But... But actually, I, I, you know, yeah. would I be right in saying that it, it's actually quite the opposite, that you've got to where you are, despite the fact? Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it's like, well, you have to work hard. Like, I would I, I would feel bad if I just got, like, if I got hired just because oh, God, of my, yeah. like... No, I mean, it's insulting. Yeah, because then it's just, you're not going to be taking me seriously or, yeah. it, like, if you're going to do something, you'd rather do it right and... I would I would really like warn against and just that is not the solution don't try and cheat the system or cheat like let things yeah. happen naturally because also as and, well, and commit, commit to long term yeah, change also as well like me like as a young I'm not young anymore but as a black, <laughs> I'd imagine like Young-ish. if there's a younger person like what, um, 18 18 years old and they're looking up to somebody that's in like a management position or something I would be more comfortable knowing that that person is like at the top of their game is like exceptional and stuff that not can just, then, yeah, yeah not just because they're just, black yeah not just yeah exactly like yeah. If, if if you want to see a black face all you got to do is just go home and say hi to your your family like it's that's not, not that's not what you're looking for yeah, you're, you're looking, looking for role models yeah you want to see like yeah exactly you want to see exceptionalism yeah and I'm not I, I hate the word role model because I feel like no one's perfect and like we don't yeah. want a pedestal but ultimately we do want to see like examples but anywho like going steering back specifically to like allyship and stuff like i feel like more needs to be done in terms of like because i've got this document up here the company culture yeah so the company culture and it's like things like um acting as a sponsor to someone so um so can we just separate the two though because so so what we touched on is the company culture and like kind of the top down, the policies, the practices, yeah. the culture that is embedded that has created the problem in the first place, but could also be part of the solution. Yeah, right? no, okay, look, in terms of like companies, just to wrap that up in a neat bow, companies need to be on a long-term project. Like I'm talking like two to three years. No, trying more to... like five to 10. Yeah, <laughs> well, five to 10. Because you're thinking about professional development. Yeah. You're thinking about 
getting people at the root, building them up. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I just feel like they need to see this as an exercise of not how do we get more um, black peeps like in the room just generally, but obviously you want quality people. Like they have to be thinking, it has to be like a perfect partnership or a, a marriage that works not only for them, but then also as a byproduct will work for people of color. So, and then like, yeah. and think about where they, cause it doesn't have to be a million miles away from where they want to be. If anything, it's just like, how can we get there in style? Like, how can we make this work for us as a company and let it be like authentic? Because if you're being inauthentic in this day and age, people will call you out. So let's let's kind of just tie up that, the loose end that I'm seeing here of, what do you say to people that say, well, I try to hire more non-white people but my industry doesn't have any. Well, that one's simple. Um, like I even said this to my company. Um, you got you got to be thinking about your PR, like your how you're advertising yourself as a company. Mm-hmm. Like so, for example, make use of like LinkedIn or like industry publications and stuff. Like start promoting yourself as a company. Get yourself on more people's radar, mm-hmm. so that when you do put out these opportunities, like you're starting from a, a much higher baseline than you would be if you if you're just putting stuff out cold. Like you have to, um, like yeah, you just have to promote and like you have to get yourself in front of the um, like go uh, go to don't just go to red brick university schools because um, go also think about the schools that aren't red brick. There's still yeah. talented people in them, um, or university. Sorry, not red brick schools. That I'm thinking as <laughs> yeah. a total different. But yeah, also colleges as well. Like I, I was feel like say like yeah. how are you gonna grab them young? Yeah, exactly. You gotta make sure you go to these like um career days or offer work experience to people from different areas and different backgrounds and stuff like i feel like people just think that they can just stick a job up on linkedin or or indeed and just like they'll miraculously get people like no you have a lot there's a reason why you're the only yeah like brand recognition isn't just for like your your clients and your customers it's also like potentially for your new hires as well like you want it to be a thing of like when you put that job post out people instantly recognize your company i think that speaks to just broader brand strategy though. yeah but it's yeah I, I think so but what do you say to so you know we we had an internship program and is it is it that you're building in building into your ethos to reach out to people because what i'm what i'm trying to think about is like the, the whole reason to do this so what, what's the what's the point right what is the point of doing this other than not looking racist right and for a company it's diversity of thought yeah. and diverse talent equals profitability yeah it equals sustainability susten- yeah. it equals lower turnover of staff it, it equals um i guess i don't know uh, fulfillment for candidate f- for um because who wouldn't want to work at a place that's really diverse and has like a broad range of views and well, has like... white people wouldn't want to if they've never seen any different and they don't know the difference. But then, um, in my mind, I'm just like, there's something wrong with you and then no, you're gonna it's get just swept what you know. by the. Oh, mate, that's then. what work privilege is. Is just you're just in your own echo chamber and you're and you're just swimming in in the white ocean with everyone else. But, uh, and if look, you've look, never seen a black person in your office, you never expect one. Look, well then, I, all I can say to that is in this day and age, like, it's, <laughs> it depends on, basically, I don't think you'll last too long. Like, that's just my, 
No, I think there's My, many industries that are in, are just it's white on white on white, and they thrive. It's not a case of whether you're going to survive or not. It's a case of it, it's a it's more for me like an ethical question of yeah, you can survive, but is it would it not be would it not be the right thing to do to open your doors to more people and perhaps it would it, you know it would enhance your your camp i don't think you're you're going to die off now because you're perceived as racist mm. i think there's a there is a space for you in this world regardless of of whether i want there to be one for you or not you know there's so many industries that are that are whitewashed and that probably won't change I'm thinking a lot of creative industries. Like when I think of industries that um, are whitewashed, it's it's performing arts, it's um, design, it's your industry, like kind of production, right? Mm. So, I mean, those things, those industries have been thriving and will continue to, and just arts in general. That's all. That's. I don't think that will change quickly, and a I don't think they're going to well. die down because of diversity issues. I think they. I think they. They'll die down because of many other issues before that. But the question is, is like, how do we, how do we get those companies to see that it, it will only help them, not hurt them, to open their doors or to reach out in that way. Um, so I there's that. There's that kind of overarching question. Well, I guess all you can do then in in that regard is just I feel like the companies that are getting it right, you just have to support them, like and just push their their revenues up, like there's that's money talks, like that's gonna just have to be one of the things. And I know that's a really like simplistic answer and stuff, but that's there. And then also as well, I'm just thinking about education and the role that that plays and like making people aware of these industries and of these and um not from a place of like oh we're gonna roll up there with our pit pitch axe our pick um pitchforks yeah. and and flames and stuff but i mean it's in like there's a lot of industries i didn't know about growing up that i would have loved to have well that's now. what i'm saying I and just, that's what i mean how, yeah how, so that's why exactly. that's why i think education comes into it and like career days and and just spelling but it out what i'm saying is clearer. like it has to they have to see value in doing that in the first place there has to be oh no value i'm not talking about reaching out i'm not talking about them coming to reach out and you um to me or my peers as a black peeps. yeah i'm talking about the peeps that are like career advisors or in schools and stuff i think they can this is something that they can do to make their kids aware or teachers and stuff like because if if they're not gonna come to you then I, yeah but you're gonna but have to go we've to got, them mm, disagree because yes you can teach them you can show them show them the way but if the barrier to entry is that the status quo is white mm. then you're not you turning up for an interview is not going to help you're just one they're used to hiring white people so they will continue to do that so then it kind of leads do you, do you see where i'm coming from with that i do see where you're coming but for me it's the thing of like well okay that's one more thing as a black person that we need to go and knock down it's that type of mentality oh, and it yeah. has been been knocking and down been, like that's yeah. there's a reason why there's you know i guess more because i'm people thinking in, of like in ballet and more yeah. black people in design and there you you're one of them you're you're a person that is in content produ- production and that's not that wasn't available to you at the time like yeah, you didn't I'm, know that that was a thing no one gave you a leg up no one ushered you in or or mentored you into it 
I'm literally I'm thinking like this this is how can I put it there's there are some things where like as a black person you just you can't wait for somebody to come and save yeah, you no totally like you just have to just go but what that. I'm saying is it is that that it's not the solution in of itself right is is well because you're now you're also now relying on career advisors and people on in some position of power to to provide the information trickle it down to school mm. kids and to university kids to say hey this thing is possible have you heard of these industries have you heard of these roles this could be cool for you do you want to try it mm. do you want to see what it's like do you want to shadow somebody do you want to learn about it so that information would be life-changing mm. right to, to just provide the information let you do with it what you want as a 17 year old you know but here it is so yes we do need that of course we need that but i'm saying that if you don't have that intermediary you're you're kind of counting on either people in that group school kids university kids to kind of fumble along and find their way like you did right mm. you you basically winged it figured and figured out as you went what the strategy could be for you but that was you and you only right the other option is that companies like content producing companies reached out to you and said, hey, we're doing an internship or we're or we're providing this program um, or we're we're accepting people into this entry level role for the summer. Right. To, like w- whatever it could have could have been. And we're, we're consciously targeting black students or Asian students, you know, we're, we're, we're targeting people of color to be part of this because we recognize that this is an industry that is lacking in diversity of of ethnicities of of abilities of diversity of thought you know so we recognize that and we want to enhance our you know company by reaching out mm. so you that would be that would be lovely right but it's not happening particularly in those industries so then we kind of it leads us to the question of which is sort of where I was kind of intending to go I'm glad we sort of did the detour um but just thinking about okay those people that are are in those industries which are mostly white people or or just even in the corporate workspace where majority are white people in position of power white um what can they do right so they're not the institution but they are part of they work in the institution or they work in the company to varying levels of influence so what can they do so here's here's an example but the thing that i'm confused by is you're saying that these people are not willing whatsoever because they just it doesn't matter to them and it's just a a... i don't think it's all that it doesn't matter to them i think there's many companies across the country right now that are going that are thinking oh oh diversity oh hello like you know food for thought and then they go, and I know this to be true because I was just about to give an example of somebody that, that had this had this conversation with their boss and said, you know, hey, no black people in this company, no kind of, you know, no people of colour, like what's going on? And the response was, well, no, there aren't any black people that do this, do this role. So how was I ever going to get them in the company because not many black people are in this industry? And that was... That was a boss. That was like the owner of the company. So the, the, the top is of the top, 
right? Who is a massive agent for change if they wanted to be. So they didn't say anything. So it's not that they don't mean well, quote mean well, whatever that means. It's that they've already convinced themselves that they don't, they've done everything they can because they do in their mind fair recruitment processes and whoever comes through the door for the first stage of the interview or whoever whoever su- submits a CV is white and then they just think well job done because I technically did this publicly so anyone could have applied but only white people did so I've done my job now the question becomes okay well what can we do now so the person I was speaking to said okay could could we do mentorship program a mentorship thing could we reach out to inner city schools and and go to their um you know reach out to the head teacher or the teachers of those creative courses and offer to come in for a visit for a day visit like hey day in the life of our job you know just to raise awareness i feel like well this is i i feel like this is one of those ones that we need to realize that this is as we said that this is going to require like five ten year problem um problem solving or like projects and schemes and stuff and i personally feel like this is maybe this is it's still too early and this is like one of those ones this is gonna have to be left to basically i'm saying that you need a few companies that are in a position to capitalize and to make those changes to go out and to set an example for other companies and i also think that like the big consultancy firms also have a role to play in this as well like they need to be basically lay out like a plan for other people so that they can feel like they're not just staring at like a blank wall and stuff because i don't because what i'm hearing is is that you've got these people that are curious want to do something but then when they sit down to try and think about how they can address it they're coming up and they're drawing a blank so i'm thinking to myself okay well they've clearly not solved the equation so you need to show them people that have solved the equation so that's why i kept going back to the whole like thing of um support the companies that are getting it right or we need to champion like it's, yes, we need to provide examples for these people so that they but can again, see tangible you're ways. Talking, you're talking about it from a top-down point of view of like the business the business owners or the CEOs. Mm. You know, the people at the exact level are having these conversations with each other and they're not going to they're not going to know what to do unless they see an, a competitor or another company do it well and then they're just going to copy and apply the same principles. Yeah. What I'm saying is how can people on the grass on the on the ground build bottom up how can how can we leverage change from the bottom up well from the bottom up that's when i guess this thing that i'm looking at comes into effect um so that's from the bottom up i guess it will be like like if you're an employee so this boss has said i've done everything i can and we're super proud of our diversity policies we're super happy we've done everything we can how do we well then, how do we dismantle that well then first things first you have to make sure that you get a seat on whatever diversity forum that there is what in if there workplace. isn't one then I'd, I'd say this look from the bottom up i feel like as you said like it would be it would literally be things like forcing your hr to start taking this seriously like and like we all know that they like to be seen to be doing stuff beyond you know their their day-to-day like everyone wants a like a quick win frame it as if as in like oh this is a step forward that we've taken we've set up this panel when you're having those meetings you make sure that there's like um how can i put it like 
oh, I forgot the technical officey term for this. Um, <laughs> you know when you set the agenda and it's like the business from the last meeting and just covering off the points and stuff. Minutes? Yeah, well, not necessarily actions from the last meeting. You oh. have to make sure that there's action points. And like, yeah, just as you said, like, you don't just suggest it. You suggest it and you come up with, like, a plan. Like, it's that whole thing of, like, um, you have to be really, like, calculated when you do these sorts of things. Because, yeah, you know that somebody can, like, as you say, like, placate you or, like, just put their arm around you and nod, like, yeah, that's amazing. And then just walk you out the room and just, like, dash your idea in the bin. You have to make it, like, so when you suggest it, be like, even if it's a thing of you have to take the responsibility of doing the research behind whatever has been suggested or if you know that there's somebody else in the business that's best placed to like yeah um you know support it like get them on board and and you i think you there has to be like a lot of teaming you can't just do it by yourself it's like and also as well when you go into those diversity meetings you have to strategize beforehand so definitely have like pre-meetings with like individual stakeholders before you have the meeting so that when you're going in that meeting you already know that you have the support and it's like you just have to be way 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 more tactful and not just blindly think that you can have an open forum meeting where everyone's on a zoom call or like in person and and everyone's like agreeing and nodding heads and stuff but if you actually want stuff to happen then you need to have made you know got like assembled the right team assemble the right people get the right information like how can things actually happen with that the right people so would you would what are your thoughts on um white people being part of that conversation or leading the conversation or facilitating the what is what what is the place for white people to be allies in this how can we do this effectively as i said the simple thing there would be is like just take stock of like as you said like your own influence or if they want to actually turn that that energy into something that's just not just like patting themselves on the back or like feeling pumped up and excited and it's just like whirling around their head and they're excited that they want to do something and they actually want to what's this what's the kind of um the the division of labor that you would that you would foresee as effective do you think black people should be leading the conversation or do you think that it shouldn't be up to the it shouldn't the labor shouldn't be placed on black people i I don't think it's a hard and fast rule at the end of the day for black people like i can again i can only speak for myself based on our private conversation around the detonating and wanting to leave because you've caused so much damage well look at the end of the day like even if i have to leave a company like we're gonna keep taking the steps forward and keep striving and and just like until we get what's ours and whatnot um <laughs> do you do you mean though that kind of existence is resistance just the fact of you being here and and working hard and yeah and that's that's that's, is, a, is that's a, win. a win yeah my, oh. look my feeling on it is this is like you you have to just look at take each situation as it comes mm-hmm. i can't give out a hard and fast rule and saying that okay we all need to shift gears now and not just upend and leave if we feel like we're uncomfortable like you just have to look around make the calculations is it going to be worth it if it is worth it and you think there is some semblance and obviously people need to now recognize that um like thanks to like the the blm movement being a bit more vocal and stuff there is a bit more leeway that's not to say that there that's not to say that there's an abundance and you can say whatever and there's there's not going to be any like systematic 
um, ways I, of muscling I would say you as out. Well, but, but it's just there's you've got a tiny bit more room to work with. But if you feel like after doing that calculation that it's not worth it, then yeah, just bounce and move on and just like but take not it. even moving on. I'm just saying, are you if you've done the calculation and it doesn't make sense for you as a black person to to ring the alarm because it will only harm your job security. Yeah. Are you in the back of your mind going, I really, I, I want to talk about this. I want to raise this. I want to change this. But I don't, I can't be that guy. I need white people to take this. And the thing is, is that what is that diversity committee achieving? Like, that's, that's all it's going to come down to. Like, so, and then also as well, it's like, how can I put it? I I I don't like I'm, for me I'm I'm talking personally I don't like this whole business of like um like you're white so you, and basically it's if you feel like you've got something to bring to the table that can help sort this mess out that yeah. is that then I don't care like yeah. just just say what you need to say if there's something that I take an issue with then I will say it yeah. but I I the, but at the moment I is, just feel like I feel like if there's it depends if I believe in the team and, and the people that are around me yeah. then yeah maybe I will say something and I'll have those private conversations with people it's yeah. not a hard and fast rule I'm yeah. literally going to size everything up as and when like do I feel like we have the resources and the people to be able to address this where are they in terms of like like hierarchy the, or yeah, influence yeah and like what's the state of the, the relationships that I have like there's the, the diplomacy element and like yeah. Am I am I in good standing with that this person? If I express this thing that I'm feeling to this person, will this they? Is gonna blow back will, in my face? Yeah, will they support me or? Okay, great, they're supportive. Then okay, let's let's. It, it it literally is such a tangible thing, and I'm. But my thing is this: I'm not. I don't. This is might sound really bad. I know this that whole like white savior thing, and yeah. and that's like I I don't I feel like that's just. Um, I feel like that might be getting in the way. Like you have literally have to look at the situation that you're facing and sometimes you have to work with what you have to work with. And if I'm in an environment where I'm outnumbered, I'm naturally will need the help of yeah. of other peeps. Or yeah. if I'm not in that situation and there is a sizable contingent of black people, then yeah, maybe it can be a more black centered um um like drive or whatever. Yeah, it's like but a chicken just, or egg type yeah, issue. You, isn't just, it? you literally have to look You're not gonna be able to have the solution if you don't hire more black people yeah, but if you don't hire yeah yeah you literally just have to look and see what you have to work with but my main thing is just like don't get caught in this trap of just like having great sentiments and just throwing up black squares and stuff but like actually like hold well, yourself accountable hold yourself accountable and like actually strive and try and get this thing across the line like the, at the end of it, it's like the same way how people talk about numbers that numbers matter and stuff well what actions have been taken can is this something that we can look back at we had this big old meeting three months ago where are we now like yeah, okay what do we yeah. i would also say if you're if there is a white savior character or or narrative that you're witnessing in your workplace where someone's really put themselves forward and they're doing all the stuff but it's like it's performative or it's not you know like i think white people need to be prepared to call each other out a bit as well in a, in a in a compassionate way, in a loving way. And the company policy stuff we talked about earlier about, you know, there's a bunch of CEOs and exec teams right now patting themselves on the back because they've got lots of black friends, even if they haven't actually instilled any kinds of equitable policies in their, in their companies. So white people just have that tendency to try and avoid the responsibility of anti-racism and pat themselves on the back as, as 
as much as they possibly can. So, you know, in doing this work, it, you know, I, there's, there are going to be white people around and about that set up diversity committees or, or put themselves forward because they want to be that white guy or that white person um, that's part of the change. And, um, you know, it, it, it's performative. But then, it's no, performative. But no, wait, wait, wait. But then I guess, look, my thing is this, and I think this is where my frustration is coming from, is that, okay, yes, that might be the case, but it's at the end of the day, I have to still allow some leeway and some time before I make the decision about whether or not you're being performative or not. Because you might have pumped up and been, like, piping up in that first meeting. But what I'm saying is that white people need to be prepared to call that out if they see that, if they yeah. observe that three months later, or, or not even that, but just that you know these meetings are happening every other week and you're super vocal you're you're taking up as a white person you're taking up a lot of a significant amount of time on these on these work calls that you know should be focused on black people but you're taking up a lot of the time because you've got a lot to say on stuff Mm. but then outside of the call you're not engaging with black employees you're not trying to build relationships you're not you're not advocating in your in your specific teams you're not doing your you're not reading a book you know there's a difference, right? So can I just quickly touch on this thing that I saw that kind of sparked my interest in doing this this conversation? Um, it's a kind of a post on Instagram by a, com- a company or organization called Millennial Black. Um, the Instagram handle, I'll put it in the description. Um, so it's basically a, a kind of, what's the word, carousel? Mm-hmm. Um, why your workplace diversity committee isn't working. So number one, it's performative. So many companies have diversity and inclusion committees just to be able to say that they have them. These employee-led initiatives are treated by businesses as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to take the real steps of changing the structural racism in their organization. Instead of forces for change, these groups can become PR talking points for racist companies unwilling to make change. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, that happens. And that's why I was so heavy-handed on... on actual actually like having actionable points and yeah like, applying pressure yeah and, and yeah. like comparing what's happened against like the actual objectives that you have like and also as well that's where if if it if you feel like things are not moving in the right direction i'm sorry but yeah just bounce from that company because clearly it's rotten and the next one diversity committee so that it's left up to marginalized people so workplace diversity and inclusion committees are usually set up and driven by employees from marginalized uh, communities so this puts the burden of education and pushing for change onto the shoulders of already marginalized people adding to their workloads and their emotional labor because non-white people are often promoted at a slower rate than their white colleagues this means the work is often being left to people without the seniority to make the real long-term structural change Um, And just in addition to that, before I get your thoughts, it's add-on work. So team members who who take on the task of running and contributing to diversity and inclusion committees usually do so on top of their existing workloads. So this type of work is an example of, quote, office housework. So work which is invisible, undervalued, undersupported and not taken into consideration in conversations around pay rises or promotions. Um, and the time spent on office ho- housework not only takes away time that could be spent on normal job roles, but it also reduces people's time and capacity to take on, quote, glamour work, which is the high profile projects or, or tasks that can directly lead to contact with senior team members or to lead to pay rises or 
career development, promotions, etc. Yeah, like that. That's that's just like. Does that chime with you? Yeah, but like, <laughs> it. I don't know. I'm, my hardworking self is coming out, and it's just like it is what it is. You have to work twice well, as hard to get program. half as far, yeah. and all of that jazz. And and also is why I understand why it you wouldn't be like financially compensated for it because it's not there's not exa- it's not exactly easy to draw like a line between the return and investment that you will get from it it's very abstract it's not concrete so it's hard to measure so therefore you're not going to see the financial remuneration that, that you deserve the next one um and then also as well it should realistically i think going forward um these sorts of issues should be made like as like a, into a kpi that is used for um like re- like hr recruitment staff or like people that are in like in charge of like company so that's culture. very so this is the next point it's not as funny say so it's not quantified so we promise to be better allies to our black indigenous and people of color team members right um that's not a real that's a quote that's not a real promise so it sounds nice but it's designed to be opaque it's unquantifiable and it doesn't follow any kinds of um, KPIs or accountability. Mm. So an example could be that, so you need to take real actions with targets and yeah. with transparency um, so that the business can stay accountable and on track and making long-term change. So instead of saying we promise to be better allies to our you know, um, pe- people of color team members, it could be we promise to increase representation of marginalized groups at the senior level by X percent in the next 12 months. Um, by taking these X, Y, Z steps. Yeah. So, um, yeah, totally agree that it's actually quite a quick fix to to think about how you can turn the work you're doing into something of quantifiable value that could attribute to your promotion or pay rise or whatever because you're adding value to the business. But that's just not historically how it's worked. Another thing I will say, and I know this is a bit bittersweet, but at the end of the day, it's probably more authentic. um, When you, you read that, like people, the marginalized people are the ones that are taking it upon themselves to, to do it. But part of me just thinks, like, as a marginalized person, like, who better to, like, have influence over the process? Because you ultimately will need, if you've got somebody... Absolutely. ...like that within your team, then, yeah, by all means, lean into their experiences or their yeah. thoughts and their feelings. Like, there's probably something there that's tangible that can be taken forward. Um, but in terms but, of the emotional and, then, and, and physical labor of it, it uh, that's each to their own. Like that depends on some people are more willing than others. Other people, like, yeah. But I no don't think it should be rule. mandated that yeah. the black people in the company should do it, which like, is what happens. As I said, like I, I feel like uh, for me personally, I wouldn't mind. Uh, but then I know for somebody else that they would mind, and it is a, a traumatic experience and stuff. Yeah, like it. That's what I mean. Like each to their own. Like that person. And there's someone, as someone with privilege in the company that it's not for you to expect black people to take it on equally if black people want to lead in the company want to lead the conversation you take a sit back and you and you let that happen but don't sit back support them no i'm saying you let people lead don't don't be leading the charge on an issue you don't know enough about the it is office work it is stuff that you know at the end of the day like this will take time away from your life that's the whole point is that you have to carve out time to dedicate to anti-racism work in your personal life and your professional life. In terms of sacrificing your time and your energy into creating change that is long-term and tangible and quantifiable, 
is I think a noble or worthy cause um, and it shouldn't be just on the shoulders of people of colour in the company to do that particularly if that takes away opportunities for promotion or for pay rise um, and you know at the end of the day if you can quantify it then it shouldn't be a reason not to give people pay rises but what I'm saying is that you should as an ally be willing to sacrifice that I think um, uh, you're talking to the wrong person about that one not I get what you're saying but for me when when you're saying all of that I'm just like I wouldn't mind sacrificing all of that because I, I to me it's just like even though yeah it might suck and stuff but I see it as an act of love and an act that like is bigger than just me and like hopefully will like produce like long and lasting change like yeah some there will be some strain and stuff like you like it, we're not in a we just have to face facts. We're not in an ideal situation right now. It's not perfect. So it's going to take some rolling up of the sleeves and there will be some heavy work that you won't get remunerated for. Like, that's just the facts. If yeah. we're going to turn this tide, like, don't ex- like don't expect it to be pretty or easy. Like, it's going to be... Yeah. Um, just quickly, I'm going to wrap up these. So there's three more. So senior people aren't invested. So the mo- the most effective way for businesses to really change is for senior leaders to be invested in pushing for that change. This kind of goes back to your earlier points around mm. the companies. And so senior leaders have a strong voice in the direction that businesses take, their priorities and what stays at, at the top of the mind. When we silo diversity and inclusion into unpaid activities run by junior team members, it's much harder to build up the momentum and keep the focus in place. Um, And then another thing is it only focuses on recruitment, so getting more people in, right? So bringing in a wider range of people is good, but not if you're bringing them into a hostile environment. So it's not enough to just recruit people if you're not going to pay them equally or promote them equally or ensure that their empowerment and career development is is important to you. Um, Bringing in token marginalised people without giving them support, treating them as equals or listening to their experiences inside your business does not make change. It just makes unhappy and isolated employees. A foot in the door is is the start but not the end. Um, And just lastly, diverse teams perform better for businesses. So companies with higher rates of diversity or of race and gender have greater sales revenue, more customers and higher profits. So that's from the Harvard Business Review. Um, and McKinsey and company uh, also say that companies in the top quarter for racial and ethnic diversity are 35% more likely to have financial returns above their national in- industry medians versus companies in the top quarter for only gender diversity, which are just 15% more likely to have above average financial returns. So basically, if you have if you have gender, it's about fifteen percent more. If you have racial and ethnic diversity, it's say five percent. One thing I was gonna say that I just like popped into my head. Um, I was thinking about those companies that don't necessarily have like the numbers of representation within their ranks. Like there might not be any people of color or black yeah. people or anything. Um, I just thought to myself, well, that's only one end of the equation. The other end of the equation is the products and services that they provide. And they may not necessarily be able to do anything internally within their team because they don't have the opportunity to, but they may instead have an opportunity to with their products and services and think about um, if there is an opportunity, how can our products and services serve black people well or totally, better? Like totally. that's another... A, yeah that's another thing that can be done like because then also as well what's great about that is it's like if you get that right you're gonna see it in your bottom line and i know that's really crass and and 
but like if you've got a happy customer or a happy client that is from the black community then I'm, I'm sure that's going to do a world of good like i don't know what that happiness entails hopefully it's a decent product or service but yeah I do, there's that and then um yeah going back to what you said about mckinsey and company i i really do hope over the next coming months and years and stuff they can draw more lines between the actual investment in terms of the time and stuff that it takes to work on these issues and how it affects the bottom line and make it a bit more like visible that's why i was saying about consultancies play a really really big role in this i really do believe that um and yeah i just i hope that we like shine a spotlight on those companies that are getting this right so that we can provide the templates to other people and then i guess um just to a few things i want to add because i'm very conscious of the time here um in terms of like the the bottom up approach so i've got this article which i'm going to quickly just run through um in terms of like tangible things you can do so what this does is it basically outlines several examples of what being an ally at work really looks like um so the first one is a sponsor so basically um advocate for other people's skills and abilities so if you have somebody within your ranks um like highlight them like mm. just like um recommend them for assignments or opportunities like just like basically be that person's like sponsor like just or uh, mentor uh, yeah they, they basically this is like yeah. it's um, outlining like the seven faces of the next one that they say is um a champion um and this one i really like so it's like if you know somebody has a skill or a technical expertise or, or something or they're really or they they're clued up on something and you're in a meeting or a discussion tee them up so yeah. go to that person even if you know the answer yourself like allow that person the platform to be able to demonstrate their skills and their strengths and stuff do you get what i'm saying yeah. that's that's a subtle one but it can and that's so that i perceive that to be more like peer-to-peer whereas the first one is more um kind of bringing people up so maybe if you're sort of middle management yeah. to sort of look to someone in the entry-level positions and and mentor them or or sponsor them or like for example if you're doing a presentation um and you know that yeah you can probably handle the whole thing yourself but instead like maybe bring someone in just for a small portion or or like find ways of like trying to bounce off the people that you have around you and like leaning on the and allowing them the opportunities to 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 showcase Yeah. yeah um then the next one that they say here is the amplifier this one is so simple um so if somebody like says a a good idea or expresses a view um don't just nod your head like when when you have the opportunity just be like oh yeah going back to so-and-so's idea like i really think that that's the key like again that's highlighting but it's like you're amplifying what that person's saying you're adding weight to that person's voice um and yeah it's just any like it can happen in like emails or that the thing i hate most slack or uh, like do you get what i'm saying um then the next one that we've got here is advocate um so yeah just look look closely at your invitation list for meetings and stuff like make sure that that person has like a seat at the table or like introduce that colleague to other people like be a conduit like just like uh, do you get what i'm saying like just be mindful and then they've got um so then the next one that they wrote was being a scholar which basically is like 
um, just take the time to educate yourself and yeah just and also familiarize yourself with the plight um i was going to say the word plight which isn't great but the yeah with the, the issues yeah the systemic and, yeah the yeah. issues that may affect um black people and people of color in your specific I think industry that's essential you can speak on stuff from an informed place it's one thing to raise the alarm and say oh you know we need to be more diverse in this company but what if you do get that pushback you know and if you do get that pushback it's inevitable you're naturally going to want to defend yourself if someone's alluding to the idea that you're not the most angelic person in the world. Um, just being able to to reference stuff off the cuff that you can that you can think of to defend your position, depending on what on what um, pushback you did get. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um... <laughs> All right, that's a note. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about it as deeply as that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you do have to obviously take some. I know in. this from experience because I got yeah. pushed back. I got pushed back. Oh, you know, we put out a survey and the black people in the company didn't respond. And then I, I said, okay, that's great. It's great that you did a survey. Great that you reached out, but you're blaming a community of people that have been burnt before. And there is reason. You have to. You have to instead of just to, just blocking the opportunity to try again or to try harder you're you're basically absolving yourself of responsibility by saying that you gave it a go instead of thinking about why it is that someone didn't answer the survey so why is it that you had low engagement or you didn't have the black people in the office that you were trying to reach why didn't they answer you have to ask yourself why and what is it that you did wrong it's not that they're not engaged in the topic of racism they live it every single day and don't insult them in that way to say that it doesn't matter enough to them. Of course it does. The question is, is what are you doing about it to foster trust with those people? Because there's clearly a reason why they didn't answer that survey. And also, is a survey enough? You know, that's you just kind of ask yourself what... Um, so, you know, when you and I are kind of raising this issue with the pe- people in positions of power and they say these things we need to be prepared for that pushback and be able to um, challenge it. And an example of that, you know, is understanding the black experience, not through my personal experience, but through my conversations with black people and knowing that that is a common thing of, well, like the last time I tried to raise the issue, it was thrown back in my face or the last time I alluded to it, I was denied a, a promotion or, um, I've been accused of being an angry black woman before and I didn't want to go down that road again, you know? So, okay, so that survey sent out. Do you really think those people are now going to fill it in and be completely honest and really expressive about how they feel about racism in the workplace? Obviously not. So the question is not, are they engaged in the topic of racism? It's patronising to think they aren't. The question is, what are you going to do to try again and again and again and again, you know? because you are your survey doesn't cut it if you're educated and if you kind of know the black experience and you and you've got some context you don't need to be an expert either it's more just saying look i'm seeing that there's issues here i want to be part of the solution but what are you doing what are you doing now and what can i do to facilitate to facilitate change it's important to me that i work in a place that aligns with the values we we purport so in doing that, 
this is here here are the some suggestions i have but what have you guys been doing and can we talk about it or whatever and what kind of budget are you putting towards this and how another question was like how are you consulting black people in this conversation because you lot are talking a lot about diversity but i'm not seeing you consult black people that that's like a big thing it's like the people at the exact level have their little echo chamber about how diverse they want to be but they don't actually center black voices in that conversation um so you know it's just about being observant about what is currently going on if anything and asking those those kind of tough questions yeah um all right that was a lot there to unpack yeah, I guess the main thing is just make a commitment to like actually educating yourself about like all of the like against like just the the just, broad yeah the broad stroke that is like <laughs> black issues, but then also again just specifically to your industry and like just I think be curious, you yeah. know, just just be observant, be be curious about what is currently going on in your context and what could be different. My advice is, look, it's not that it's not scary. We are so programmed to stay in line, to do our thing, to go to work and go home and not rock the boat and not scupper our chances of of development or promotion or whatever. Um, But I think we're just so in our own little head about that that we're not thinking about the broader spectrum of things and how our other colleagues are feeling. And I think just go out of your way a little bit to, to, to step out of your comfort zone and reach out to your black colleagues and to reach out to leadership and be part of that change. Yeah. It's scary, but it's it's necessary. Okay, um, just to wrap this up really quick. Uh, so the last two points that I had on this thing was, um, so this article then speaks about being an upstander. So basically be the person that like speaks up if you do witness like something that is degrading or offensive or that just shows like a lack of respect for your colleagues. Um, also as well like if you're seeing somebody's being like tested like during like a meeting or like for example they're getting topic dumb questions aren't aren't necessarily about the topic when you can see it's like some sort of silent psychological test to test how strong they are or something try and shut those like shut those moments down um also as well if you're seeing somebody's just being generally bullied or harassed like just again call it out where possible um and yeah just basically be an upstander like be don't be an uh, a passive bystander like where you can step in and like have your presence felt to support that person by all means please do it and then the final one is just um is be a confident so just essentially like um just like listen ask questions i guess this goes back to like your be curious um be what you said about being curious but like like just like if that person's in the right headspace and they're willing to talk like sit down and listen to what they have to say or just ask their opinion on something um you might not get just be mindful that they might not want to talk about that but where possible try and, and and listen in on conversations and just build up your your knowledge and understanding um so i think we have to wrap up now because we've been going for quite a long time okay. and this is technically our, our longest one um so yeah hopefully there was something there to like get you thinking about being an ally in the workplace and um 
yeah um, yeah and I guess yeah just stay on it and just my main thing is is like with these diverse just make sure there's an action and there's somebody responsible it's for very their simple action. to be to quantify it as well yeah it's possible it's possible to 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 quantify it. it's possible to get the right people in the room it's just it takes some long term sort of pressure yeah all right anywho guys you take care thanks for listening um thank you and good luck <laughs> till we meet again <laughs>